from the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Well, you sure are when you're right here with Roxanne and Ace. So good to have you back. If you're a first timer, welcome. We laugh. We can get serious sometimes. We talk about Jesus. We talk about culture. Yep. And Ace, I'm just so happy to see you. How yep. are you? I'm doing great. We, of course, wouldn't be here without our friends at Birmingham Mortgage Group and My Brother's Cup. I have to ask, did you survive the whole AT&T outage? I feel like it freaked yep. everyone out. You know, I'm not with AT&T, so I'm sorry. I did just fine, yeah. but a best girlfriend is, and it wreaked havoc on her life big time. Yeah. She was pretty unhappy, and it reminds it reminds me, it's a story that we're not going to have time to get to tonight, but here it is. Gen Z is bringing back landline phones, hmm. and the reason they're doing it is because they look cool. <laughs> the girls like to have the phone line and be twirling it while they talk. Yeah. Listen, we ain't going back there. I remember as a young girl fighting for the one phone in the house, screaming yeah. at my brother, get off the phone. I'm expecting a call. <laughs> Remember those days? Well, yeah, and we had the really long <laughs> phone cord that never really like coiled back <laughs> up properly because we had stretched it out so many times. Mm-hmm. So there's there's the downside, and and there's also, I mean, I know even with like call waiting and three way when that was invented, like that was a big deal, right? Because you mm-hmm. could at least still get through, but then you're like, hey, I'm on the line, can you call back? You know, rather than just <laughs> text me or call my cell phone. Like it's, I I don't see it being a like it's cool for a minute. But then you move on. And I will say bravo to AT&T. They at least gave a little credit. So $5 towards your bill. So I guess that's, you know, it's their way of, because I think it was like an out an hour. So, you know, but five bucks these days, you know, it doesn't even buy five bucks. So I don't know if that's Well, it lets us know we're vulnerable. And I'm one of those people that thinks, you know, the power grid could go in any minute. I'd love to have a shelter and a food supply. And I'm just one of those people. I want the 25-year survival food supply kit. I guess that's watching too much Walking Dead over the years, but... But anyway, that's I'm I'm jumping all over the place. The news, we usually start with what's breaking there. Oh my gosh, you want to get a dose of depression? People setting themselves on fire, illegals allegedly killing poor nursing students in Georgia while they're out for a jog. I was like, please, can we find something weird and unusual to talk about? And here it is. James Webb beats out. Now listen to this. I don't know why this is funny to me. He beat Joey Chestnut in the pistachio eating contest. (laughs) I didn't even know there was a pistachio eating contest. Food competitions are not usually my thing. 338 pistachios in eight minutes. Here's my thing. This is what went through my mind. (laughs) Whenever I've eaten pistachios, you get that one bad one and then you're done. Yeah. Right. Sometimes yeah. it's like eight oh, yeah. or 12 in and you're like, oh, you know, it's like eating <laughs> sawdust. So he he must have just, you know, treads right on through. Well, he was hilarious because he didn't expect to win, even though these guys train these folks that eat a trillion hot dogs in two seconds. They yeah. train. I mean, it's it's the winner got ten thousand dollars. I mean, so it was a big deal. But here's the, the quote from him is. 
I didn't really care where I placed. My main goal was not to choke and die. Mm. So there you go. Hey, I would eat a bad pistachio for 10,000. I, you know? I, I started thinking how bad could that have really been? I mean, usually it's not the contest that's the problem. It's the day after. Because yeah. some yeah. foods can wreak havoc on certain people. And yeah. so if you it's know who you are. Eating, yeah, we're in a lot of trouble. It depends yeah. on what it is. Well, God always has a plan, Amen. even for pistachios. That's right. He knows your financial needs. He knows your every need. He knows sometimes. And I think a lot of people are in a crunch right now. You know, the, the head of Kellogg said, why don't you have cereal for dinner? That'll save you money. Oh, heck no, it won't. Not Sorry, at the rate man. it's gone up. Who makes $4 million a year if you buy... I'm a... Mm, I'm going to get all upset. If you buy, first of all, they've made the box this wide. Yeah. They're fooling you. And there's this much cereal in the bottom. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me there's two bowls of cereal now Yeah, in a box of cereal. And he says we're to save money. Anyway, I just, can you tell him on a tangent tonight? God cares about what you're going through, especially those finances. We get scared, but real peace, real joy, and real freedom comes when we trust God as our provider. Philippians 4, 9. He will take care of our financial needs. And there's no ambiguity in the scripture. And my God will supply all my needs according to his riches. Now, there's where it's a little different. What we think is riches right. may qualify as a want instead of a need. Yeah. Well, and I have to always gut check myself because like if a, you know, hot water heater goes or the kids need braces or, you know, whatever it is that gets added and added and you're like, ah, but God knows. He knows before we do. He always is going to provide. And again, it may not be at the level that we anticipate, but it's all like to me, Hey, I broke even and still had some money in the bank. Woo. Like that's what, but it took me a while to get conditioned to the fact that his riches is far greater than mine. Cause I, I really peace of mind is knowing that everything's paid for and covered and I can sleep at night. It's, it's, it's when we start overspending the account and it's in the red because we bought those things that we wanted Versus spending it on the things we needed. And I, I'm one to be as debt-free as you possibly can be. So anytime you have to add something, how quickly can you pay that debt off? But God will provide that too. He sure will. He's a good, good God. And he's mm -hmm. right on time. And just when you think you can't take it anymore, <laughs> he comes yeah. through faithfully Amen. time and time again. So there is a long-haired gentleman who is the sweetest thing. Landon Bryant is his name, and he is from Mississippi, a small town. And Ace, he has taken over TikTok and Instagram, explaining to people around the world what it's like to be Southern. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, I do feel like that at times, especially if you're not from the South, we can have our own language, our own <laughs> dialect, our own customs. <laughs> You know, our, even our food rituals freak people out sometimes. So to have someone there is, you know, I will be your guide for this part of the tour. Like we need some <laughs> of that sometimes. Well, he helps people with grits. That's a must. Fried green tomatoes, sweet potato pie, divinity, 
corn nuggets, hot tamales, and crawfish are some of the delicacies he has to explain to people who don't get the South. Yeah. And of course, the phrasing. And one thing I think is funny is prayer requests that he says are really gossip. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and there's also that level, if nothing else, you have to explain the way to order at Waffle House. If you're going to live in the South, that's like you got to know what a scattered, smothered, covered, chunked and topped is before they sit before they sit it in front of you. And you're like, I didn't order this. Yeah, baby, you sure did. Like, that's. I, I've I've had it in front of me because I got it wrong and I live in the South. So even when you understand it, you can get hungry at 2.30 in the morning and it, everything sounds good. Well, in a Meemaw, I had never heard of it until I arrived in Alabama. And I just remember everyone being so friendly and I would clutch my purse and think, are they going to rob me? I mean, <laughs> why are they being this pleasant? Right. What do they want? And then they would say things like fixing to fixing to do something Friction. i'd be like okay what they're getting ready to yeah. what is that and then the name kim turns into cam right so when i first got here to the south i mean yankee as it can be i mean born in minneapolis right I would watch people's mouths to try to understand what the world they were saying. And now my Yankee friends all tell me I sound like I'm from Alabama. <laughs> well, and it's funny that you mentioned fixing because I remember using that one time <laughs> with a friend from Australia and he was like, fixing. Like, I mean, of course, you know, I, I'm not going to emulate an Australian accent because I would right. just butcher it. But I was like, I, you're right. Why did I say it that way? But as a broadcaster, <laughs> I had to like push out those isms so that you don't sound a certain way. I don't know. If and you say fixing, yeah. I mean, what is y'all? And y'all has now become kind of a all, all thing because after living in the Midwest, they picked it up and like, like it migrates. It like migrates. there are certain words that just kind of <laughs> sprinkle into, you know, once it gets past the state line, man, it's, it's, it's anybody's game. You got to love it. Well, speaking of Mississippi, that's where the Roxanne blend of coffee was put together. I chose it. They have many good coffees. I don't think they're quite as tasty as mine, right. but it's mybrotherscup.com, a website. The website's gorgeous. The products are all first quality. And now they have the pods so you can just get your individual Roxanne blends served up to you. It's a beautiful thing, and it's all about Jesus. It sends missionary teams around the world. Yeah, it smells good from the second it hits the cup. I just let it kind of ruminate under my nose before I take the first sip. Mm. Uh, but if you want to get yours, mybrotherscup.com, or just go to roxanneandace.com and order the Roxanne blend today. So CNN had an article. They did a whole series on historical Jesus. And I was kind of snooty. I said, well, the five things you didn't know about Jesus. I said, well, I knew all five. And then, <laughs> and then I dove deeper into it. And it's not as simple as you would assume. So let's go over a few of them at least. Jesus came from a nowhere little town. Now, I thought, well, yeah, we know he came from Nazareth. We we know that as children, right? We know yeah. this. But what I didn't know is that Nazareth had only two to 400 people. Yeah. Now, I didn't know that. And so when they're referring to Jesus of Nazareth, it's a joke. Mm. It's like, <laughs> he's right. from there. From Nazareth. Wow. 
I love that. Well, and didn't know the, that. yeah, and the the idea that Jesus didn't know everything, that one shocked me because I, I, I wanted to believe, you know, as you hear the stories of him walking the streets with the disciples because he spoke with such wisdom and, you know, a, a confidence that that was also his faith in that my God will provide, my father will provide, you know, those things you're like, man, I have faith like Jesus. Like he just believed and he's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but God will take care of us. You know, fully man, he had to grow up. Yeah. He had to be born. He had to learn things like we have. And there's a great comfort in that. There's nothing about us. He can't understand. This is another cool one. Jesus was tough. Yeah. You know, this skinny Jesus is just worn with hollowed out cheeks. It looks like a bone. It just, it isn't realistic because from age 12 to 30, he was a carpenter. And in those days, it meant a lot more than that. He was a craftsman, which means a day laborer, which yeah. means somebody that would put in stone walls and help with house construction. I mean, Jesus was probably pretty muscular. Yeah. I will say, though, the one that really shocked me is the idea that Jesus didn't want to die. Like he he was trusting in his father for what good he knew was going to come from his death. But still, like there's even, you know, as you read the stories, he talks to his daddy and it's like, if there's any other way, you know, and it's and it's real. I mean, and that's the way any of us would be. So the fact that he truly does understand what it means to be of a a spirit having a fleshly experience or a human experience, he came here to understand so he can go back and intercede. It wasn't just about his death, burial, and resurrection. There is also what's happening now when he's like, you know, when when we've done everything and God's like, uh not anymore. And she's like, ho, ho, I know what they're going through. I've been there. I know that. So I I I love that he's always fighting on our behalf and and there to you know say you know I learned when I was there these things and this is what they're facing and feeling and thinking and God can go okay you know so that's why he's, he's our advocate yeah like a defense attorney <laughs> right. that stands before a holy God and says yeah well yeah Jesus Christ attorney at law <laughs> hey what does nose cover I was like what are these Gen Zers doing? Hundreds of examples of photographs, and here is one of a teenager covering her whole face in the family. Oh, I would have me a little private fit later if that were happening right. with my teen child. Yep. But here's the thing. They're all doing it, and it's a signal to their friends that they did not willingly get the corny family shot. That's right. the signal of, yeah, I didn't really want to do this. And the other thing is, it's natural to start being independent. And this is part, psychologists say, of their growth. Your thoughts? Well, this trend hurts my heart simply because I have teens at home that don't always, well, actually, nine times out of ten, don't want to have their picture taken with family. So, like, when we have holidays and birthdays and things, we have to say, listen, all I ask is that you let me take four pictures. We'll do two goofy and two serious and I'll post only one of them. Like we have to have that discussion ahead of time because, you know, as a family, we want to celebrate and we want you to be proud of your family. Cause at some point, while we may annoy you now, at some point you will love us again. <laughs> and, and, 
you will appreciate <laughs> the fact that we captured your 14th birthday party at Cracker Barrel. You know what I'm saying? So right. doing the trend so that you can be cool to your friends. I mean, I'm sorry, but as a Gen Xer, I don't care what my friends say or think. And I love them, but I don't, if I, if I want to wear a shirt, wear a fedora, pose a picture, I mean, whatever, like I just be free to be who you are in Christ and don't worry about what other people say. But originally when I read this, I thought it was them like ashamed of themselves. Like, well, I don't want people to see my profile or I don't want them to see the zit that's forming on, you know, my forehead <laughs> or whatever. But again, in a day and age where we can post anything and everything, whenever, you know, at, at the drop of a second, we have to also realize that it's God that identifies who we are. So be proud of your family because regardless, God gave you those people and you're going to have all the nuances. There are things about your mom and your dad and your siblings that are always going to be inside of you. And you can characterize those through your faith in Christ as to how can I be like, even if you come from a life of addictions or, or abuse or any of that, you can break those cycles. That's, that's trained behavior. But there are certain things about your family that you can still be proud of without being ashamed to the point that just a simple photograph embarrasses you. Yeah. I'm one of those moms that just wants, just give me one picture. Yeah. Just well, and I will say this props to my wife because like my son doesn't really like a big to do about anything. Really. He just wants to be his best 13 year old self and live his life. But she talked to people who also are that way as adults and wanted to understand mm. that part of him better so that when birthdays come up or holidays come up or special occasions, what is the best way? Because like you, her mommy heart just wants to snuggle and cuddle and, you know, celebrate all his greatness and his huge heart and talent. But she's also learning to love him the way he needs to be loved and wants to be loved. So while sometimes we do as parents have to swallow our agenda so that we can cater to the compassion side of our kids, at the same time, they might meet you halfway if you do that. So I bravo to her. I learned I learned something in the process of her doing her homework. So it's definitely and 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 I and my girls my girls know this for me they're adults now but they know this like I'll be like all right girls come on movie selfie you know and it may not be the most flattering of any of the three of us but we're capturing a moment and now when it comes up you know it's like ha ha yeah I remember that or yeah I remember that that was a terrible movie you know or whatever but <laughs> you know I mean just enjoy your life relax a little bit. Yeah, just chillax. It's all okay. Well, speaking of those enjoyable parts of life, some of our biggest memories are in our homes. Mm. And if you've never had a home, it may be your dream. And you think, wow, this economy. I mean, we started out talking about finances yep. in this podcast, and we get, I think, a little hopeless that it can ever happen. I don't want that to be you. I want you to make that call to Turin Newell. Turin, a very unusual name. You can't forget it. It's true. Birmingham Mortgage Group. This dude is smart, funny, kind, and he he's a bulldog. He's going to get after it and get you in your house. You deserve it. Yeah. And it's easy, too, because not only when you go to the website, uh, behemmortgage.com, but you're going to find out in Alabama and Florida how he can truly help you get into your dream home, refinance the one that's already that you're living in, 
but find out what he can do for you in special programs that he's found just for his family. So again, behammortgage.com or call him 205-259-1656. So speed dating. I got to ask you, Ace, have you ever done speed dating? I have not, but it's only because I feel like I would burn through everyone by going, are you a Beatles person or an Elvis person? (laughs) And then however they answer that question will depend upon, yeah, no, okay, I'm out, you know, because while I like both, I've always said, if you're a Beatles or an Elvis person, it tells me a lot about you. What does it say? Okay. You got, you can't leave it there. You have to explain it. So, so a Beatles person is more on the avant-garde, artsy side, creative side. An Elvis person is more of a flamboyant, extrovert. Uh, and even if you're introverted, like there's there's just an element of, I. it's almost like the whole, you know, when people say boomers versus Gen X, like there's that little bit going on. Uh, so it again, it's not a bad thing. It just tells me. And I also want to know how deep into music can I go with you based on that answer? <laughs> and oftentimes I can go deeper as a Beatles fan, even though I love my, I love me some Elvis. Don't get me wrong. There is a side of it that I, that I know I am a Beatles person through and through. And if you're wondering which you are, if you're on a deserted Island and you could only choose one to listen to, which one would you pick? Yeah. That answers that very, very quickly. Yeah. Well, you know where I stand. By yes. now. So yeah. I must be very artsy, but. But yeah. now I do love Elvis in the black leather. Ooh, oh, sure. My goodness. I don't he was know the how, coolest. I don't know how the women of that era survived that. My mother said, oh, Elvis is dirty. I like Frank, which is Frank Sinatra. Right. She thought Elvis needed a bath, but that's another I'm sorry, but the stories we now know, Frank was just as dirty. He just <laughs> happened to wear a suit. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. say, leave I that get alone. It. Well, Speed dating is eight minutes. They're doing this in New York because people's thumbs are getting tired of swiping on Tinder and they're getting worn out. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they need that interaction. How do you know if you have chemistry if you're not in person? So you spend eight minutes conversing with someone and then later you indicate whether you're interested in meeting that person for an actual date. It's become very, very popular I I didn't, you know, as somebody who married somebody I found on the web, I'm kind of surprised I never did it. Yeah. But Wayne, my, I'm going to talk about my husband while he's not here. Let me look around. He's not. <laughs> uh, he did it, and man, was he popular. Oof, the women were like, school principal, check. Yeah. Loves God, check. <laughs> See, my thought is with speed dating is that I would, that there might be too many sparks. And then you don't know which ones to fan into a flame and then you get in trouble. So that well, would he, be my only. That was his thing. He was like, oh, yeah, I had connections with a lot of them. Oh, my God, me. I bet what? you did. You're off the market. Thank you very much. No more connecting <laughs> like that. Well, there's the sweetest story of a little dog that they found abandoned in a parking lot in the UK mm-hmm. with six legs. Yeah. Yeah, this this photo, like you would think, okay, he's really fast. Yeah. But no, it doesn't go. <laughs> he's, you know, hey. you gotta love him slowly. Not my dog. <laughs> Can't help myself. But I, I I love how he was taken in. <laughs> That's gonna stick with you all day, right? <laughs> 
now there's going to be a cartoon. This looks like a dog. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, my Look at him go. <laughs> Excuse me, but pardon me, but. But he's just so cute for those watching on YouTube. Check him well, out. One of the legs is like a tail. Yeah. Uh, so they can't have a dog with a tail. So it's going to probably have to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I there's probably more stories like this than not, but a lot of times people just get rid of them and, you know, the dogs don't make it or the cats don't make it. Well, the whole Wrigley's, believe it or not, when you go into like Gatlinburg, do you ever go into places like that? And they oh, have sure. like the three headed cow and you're like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, the anomalies that can happen in this world and function without us going, ah, you know, like just love them anyway. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited with the most outstanding guests, people making such a difference in our community. And at the very top of that list is Michelle Ferguson, our next guest. Where do I even begin? Decades of helping women escape sex trafficking. And I mean working along with federal law enforcement to go into the speedway and help women who are in bondage finding women bloodied in the street and bringing them home. And now she's taken on a very important role. She is the executive director of Elam. And what is that? Well, it's, it, it is a spectacular Christian-based rescue organization for trafficked women that is in its infancy. But boy, God is moving in a powerful way. And we're going to get to hear about that. We welcome to the show our friend Michelle Ferguson. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> so Michelle, where does this passion uh, to help women out of trafficking come from? Um, well, actually, you know, uh, a dear friend of mine, um, Natalie, um, it took me about a year to actually accept to go to special ops. Um, <laughs> she tried to get me over and over and I said, no, that's not for me because, you know, I, I owned a strip club. So I really didn't think I could help these women because, you know, I, I just didn't, that was not me. Yeah. Um, so after about a year of, of her continuously at me and praying and praying and continuously telling God, no, 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 I'm not doing this. And he kept saying, <laughs> yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And, you know, here we are all these years later and I lost. Um, <laughs> we usually do. Yeah. Um, and, but you know what? I wish I could go back and get that year back because um, that I spent saying no, because it has been the absolute best thing that I have ever done. And, you know, I, I just, I would do it 24 seven if I could, but we all have lives and we all have jobs. Um, and, you know, there's absolutely no pay in doing these things. Um, monetary pay the, yeah. the reward is just outstanding um it, it's just it, it's indescribable so just, now michelle you're a woman of deep faith and you mentioned i think it was a strip club absolutely. in your opening conversation yes please tell us more um well before um, I, I mean, I've always, you know, went to church, believed in God and all that other stuff, but, but my faith was not where it needed to be. Um, and you know, uh, the, the strip club that I did, you know, of course it was a business making thing for me. Um, I didn't see anything wrong with it. 
Um, but there was a lot wrong with it. Uh, I just didn't see that at the time. Um, and, you know, I also believe that having to deal with some of those women uh, prepared me for this, that I had no idea. You know, but looking back, I see that this was just that was just a step and God prepared me for the many different personalities that I would encounter. Yeah. And for those that are new to the show, Special Ops is a ministry that Roxanne and Michelle have been a part of for, what, over a decade now? <laughs> yes. Going in the streets. I mean, you guys see stuff that it's hard to believe that it's happening in the streets anywhere. But this is something that, as we talk about it, heightening people's awareness of that it is happening in cities all over the world. Absolutely. It, it happens everywhere. There is not a, a, there's not a rich city that is immune to it. There's not a poor city that's immune to it. Um, it it's everywhere. What are the signs, Michelle, that a woman is being trafficked? Um, well, one of the main signs would be uh, not maintaining eye contact. You know, they always tend to look down when they speak to you because they feel um, they're, they're not worthy to, you know, raise their head and, and speak. Um, you know, we see a lot of track marks, um, a lot of, this is my boyfriend, this is my husband, along with, you know, the next person that comes along, that's their husband and boyfriend too, and it's the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, you know, there are several different signs. Um, but I would say the main one would be, you know, uh, you can't get direct eye contact with any of them because they're ashamed. They're frightened and often their so-called boyfriend, it used to be a pimp, now they are referred to as boyfriends, has taken in many cases their identification, has threatened them, and is making them work off their drug cost which is a perpetual way of keeping them in bondage. A woman in, in trafficking can be sold 30 times a day. When, when you meet a woman and you suspect that she's being trafficking, what is the first thing you do that she's being trafficked? Um, well, out on the streets, I, I just ask them. And of course, the first answer is, no, I don't do that. And, you know, uh, if you... I tend to try to speak to them just like I would speak to anyone else, you know, and, and there's no need to sugarcoat it and tell me that's not what you're doing because you're not out here, you know, in either a hundred degree temperature or freezing cold in, in half clothes. And that's not what you're doing. Um, you know, and as soon as we break that barrier that we all agree that this is what you're doing, um, and we can offer you help. Um, a lot of times they're not ready to go. And it takes multiple, multiple times. I don't think I've ever seen a rescue, you know, first time, hey, I'm ready to go. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I think people who aren't engaged in this or aware even of the signs, they just think, oh, we'll just go scoop them up out of the city and take them to a shelter. But it's not that easy. No, it's not. Um, Actually, when we do speakings and stuff, the number one question we get asked is, well, I don't understand if you have, you know, somewhere for them to go, you're going to provide clothing for them, you know, a warm bed to sleep in and no one's going to hurt them. I don't know why they won't just go, but they have so many things that are held over them, Um, their parents, their children, um, drugs, 
because, you know, if they don't turn the next trick, they don't get high. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, that is just a domino effect that it has on them. Michelle, will you share a particular experience with a woman in trafficking that has really touched your heart? Um, well, several, several years ago when we were working um, Talladega Speedway, um, there was a girl, I, I, and I don't even remember her name, but what they do there is they set up makeshift poles for them to dance on um, with PVC pipe. And this girl was clearly, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, if that. Um, she was highly intoxicated. And we were there with the marshal service. And, you know, I, I just needed a few minutes to be able to try and reach her. And I was able to have a conversation with her. But in those probably 45 seconds that I was having a conversation with her, she and I both were surrounded by about 10 men instantly. And had I not been with the marshal service, it probably would have turned out a lot different than it did. Um, but she was crying. She was clearly ready to go, but she couldn't because she was trapped with them. And, you know, the hardest thing to do is walk away because I get to go home and she doesn't. Yeah. And that's, that one really, really got to me because she wanted to go and I couldn't help her. Yeah. And, and the idea is, even as we talk about this, is not even if you identified in your own city to don't go in the streets and try to help them, like go through an organization that is already set up to help in this situation. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's not something for the faint at heart to be out there doing, but, you know, um, you also don't need to do it by yourself. You need to have a team with you or, you know, some kind of organization, something like that. And you need to make sure that you have, you know, should you encounter someone that is ready to go, they need to be able to go at that moment, you know, and you need to be able to provide that to them because you have a very limited amount of time to make that decision. Yeah. You sure do, because a lot of times it's like, let's go now. Yeah. And they want to get their dog and their belongings. And while all that's understandable, you've got a very upset so-called boyfriend who right. could be very violent losing his income getting in a car with you and going away and yet you have put your life on the line numerous times taking these women just so they can have a shower at your yeah. own home what is that like um, well, and you know, I, I, there's been several of them and I, I will tell them, look, if you just want to come to my house, take a shower and take a nap and you're not ready to go yet, then, you know, I'll take you to my house and we'll do that. And I'll bring you back mm -hmm. if that's what, you know, you choose to do. Um, you know, some of them, uh, have a bad, uh, taste in their mouth for some of these facilities because they've been done wrong. Um, and you know, I don't get into why they've been done wrong. I just say, okay, well, you know, you don't have to go back there. We'll find you somewhere else. But for right now, you know, if you just want to have a hot meal, a shower and take a nap. And then if you change your mind and say, look, I, this was a bad idea. I want to go back where I was. Then, you know, I'll take you back. I can't make you stay. Yeah. 
Well, and I've watched you work in the streets and the candor that you have with these women is amazing. So it takes a certain kind of skin texture to do this. So for someone who doesn't necessarily feel called to be in the streets, what, what are there, is there donations? Is there, you know, non-perishables? Is there things that people can donate that helps? Oh, absolutely. But the first and foremost is prayer. We need all the prayer that we can get. Um, you know, for that one hour, it, it, it goes, sometimes it goes by so fast. And then it, sometimes it seems like, you know, um, we could just do this all continuously all day long, but we need prayer. Um, we need, um, hygiene products. We need non-perishable items, water donations are fantastic. Um, because not everybody wants to be boots on the ground and that's fine. Yeah, we have a lot of people that put together our little hygiene kits for special ops, but you are going much deeper and further with a ministry called Elam. Uh, that is where folks were able to escape Egypt and be free in the promised land, be safe from any oppression. It's a beautiful ministry in its infancy. I say that, though, and major steps are being taken. There's a big property. And we're in the process of purchasing it. I say we because several of us are on board, pretty excited about Elam. Why have you decided to take on being the executive director? Um, Well, a friend of mine, he um, that that started that, you know, asked me to be the executive director. And once again, I had to think long and hard about it. But Elam will be absolutely fantastic because we're going to try and bridge the gap where we have a lot of people that um, want to be rescued, but then we run into, are they detoxed? Because you can't throw someone like that into a stable environment or some that are just, you know, in a 30, 45 day house. They've got to be detoxed and no one wants to take on that responsibility to do that. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to detox you. We're going to house you. If we can't house you, you will be detoxed to where you can go somewhere else if you choose not to stay with us. Um, So I'm really, really excited about being able to detox because that is our main issue that we have with the gap. There are many, many fabulous houses and shelters, but you got to be clean. And those two just don't go together. So if people want to get involved, what's the best way for them to contact you or find out more about Elam? Um, my God is bigger than your Um is our website. And you can go on there. You can volunteer. You can um, schedule a uh, speaking. If you want someone to come speak, you can donate. Um, of course, you can find me on Facebook um, or, you know, I- any other way. Michelle, all of this is great, but the number one component is toward change for anything is Jesus. Absolutely. Now, this is a big question, but you're used to me by now. (laughs) How has the Lord changed your life and why is it necessary for him to be in the center of any decision that these women make? Well, he has changed my life just dramatically because um you know I, I mean that's something I can just go on and on about because but number one 
I would not be doing this at all if he didn't say, go do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my friend Natalie that kept on and on. And then, you know, I, I just sit back and look at all the little pieces of the puzzle that he put together. You know, then um, he got me involved in special ops. And then, you know, I met you, I met Tawan, and I mean, you know, she has just been an absolute fabulous teacher. Um, She's a tough teacher, but um, I've learned (laughs) so much from her. It's just unreal, Um, you know, and and I just love you, and I love Ace, and, you know, the first step was letting go and letting God take control instead of trying to do it my way. Yeah. Amen. And women are really receptive and open to a relationship with Jesus. I find very, there was one woman that threatened me, but other than that, I, I really feel like, you know, they can sniff whether you're genuine or not. Yeah. They know it. Yeah. And if they, if they can feel the presence of Jesus, it's, it's really all over. It's the, it's it is the beginning of a change that is monumental, mm-hmm. and as you know, we had one woman recently say, "It's over for me. I'm the next time I go to court, I'm going to be in prison the rest of my life. I'm done. There's no hope for me. I might as well just be gone now." And I told her, "We serve a great big God who parts the oceans and feeds us manna and does miracles right here." Never, ever say that you're done. I don't believe it. Elam is on the way. God's hand is in it and on your heart. And you are so brave. You're like brave times 10. (laughs) I look at the things you do. And as Ace mentioned, your boldness, it inspires me. You're just a phenomenal human being. And I'm thankful to God for the lessons I watch and I listen every week to learn more. And you've become involved in the state anti-trafficking efforts and have gotten a lot of training and you have a lot of wisdom, but it's that great big God heart. You and your husband, Brad, I've fallen in love with Brad. (laughs) And you're just, you're phenomenal. And and I wanted to hear from a woman, a, a pretty gutsy woman who was in it with fisticuffs that owned, once owned, a strip bar went from that to taking care of women, many of them who were involved in that industry. Uh, It it takes a mighty God. Absolutely. (laughs) Before we let you go, we always like to uh, celebrate our vibes of the week. And for me, it is not a five-legged dog. So I wanted to find out what are you vibing on this week? Oh my goodness. Ordinary angels. Oh, if you're looking for a faith-based movie where yeah. you're like, okay, they briefly mentioned praying, that is so compassionate and original and warm and based on a true story and the sweetest acting, Hillary Swank the blew cast. my mind. Yeah, Listen. the cast is off the charts. A lot of big names in this one, which I love. You've got to go see it. If you want a movie that is when when I bring Kleenex, okay. but you leave very happy after 
projectile crying. Yeah. It's so well done. And the thing about it is I was like, oh, yeah, did they really do that in the end? Oh, they tried to hype the movie. No. The most shocking thing they did, and I'll just save it because you got to go see it, was true. It's all true. They followed the story very closely. Wow. A little girl, you know, needs an emergency transplant and a lot of things happen to prevent it. And she yeah. gets it. And because of a hero that had her own issues. Oh, it's so good. You got to go see it. So that's what I'm Very vibing good. on. How about you? So for me, uh, the new album from J.J. Gray, it, I had a friend of mine tell me about it over the weekend. And somehow he and his band have been around for like a decade. And as a blues guy, I normally keep up with a lot of the underground blues artists. But the the authenticity and the pureness, like it's not just like four to the floor blues, rock and roll kind of stuff. Like there's some very melodic and almost there's a couple songs that almost could be worship in vibe. Uh, and again, I don't know necessarily his heart, but as you know, he's from Florida and, you know, he and his band, that's where they originate from. But it, it's one of those where I love when I can find something that you're like, ooh, that's su that surprised me. Like, like you listen to it just as a, out of curiosity. And then you're like the next track, the next track, the next one. Like, so I love when you can do that. Cause there've been times I've fallen in love with a band or an album and it's all I listen to for like two weeks straight. And you know, so, so when you do that, it's one of those that you're like, okay, Lord, what do you want to say to me through this music? Well, it's kind of like Beyonce with this number one country yeah. hit the first black female. And I said, yeah, right. I'm going to listen to that. Wow. Is it catchy, snappy? The vocals give you chills. Yep. And it's two bad words in it that didn't need to be in it. Just sure. my opinion. I think it would have been fine without them. Uh, but it's punchy and gutsy, and it doesn't sound like any other song. Mm -hmm. And I'm not normally the biggest Beyonce fan, but let me just tell you, this thing is big, and it's just getting... I mean, it's getting to where all the contemporary music stations are feeling pressure to play it. Well, and I will say this because a lot of country fans, music fans were like, I can't believe Beyonce. she's not country, blah, blah, blah. Listen, <laughs> you sucked all of the Waylon and Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn <laughs> out of country music decades ago. So you don't yes. get to say you mm -hmm. allowed for country music to change to where it is to open a door for Beyonce to come in. And when she's got a great song, it's a great song no matter what genre format it is. So suck it up, Buttercup. She's here to stay. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> Thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group. Have a great weekend, Roxanne. I love you. Love you so much. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneAndAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.